Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When I'm doing a very deep voice, I'm dropping my ability to enunciate way at the back of my throat so that at some point I can sound more like James Earl Jones. You are my son. Let's get this party started, the P-O-T-T-Y. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about how to hold an audition. So if you don't know a lot about my work, I have directed a feature uh, for Warner Brothers that never came out. I've also directed, I've also directed some concert and documentary uh, films that have come out. I've directed, I've directed and produced numerous reality shows, too many to count. Uh, I've directed and produced game shows, uh, and I've directed and produced voiceover for video games. All of those things I've had to, almost all of those things, I've had to audition people for. Uh, And so when I'm on the auditioning side, I can actually tell you just like how that works. What would you like to hear about first, Roxy? Which kind of audition from the other side? I would like to hear about voiceover acting. I'm super interested in voiceover acting. And I've done ah. some auditioning, but not been to a physical audition. I've just like submitted stuff. Actually, I can tell you the number one reason that people are bad at voiceover acting when they are starting out. Um, because I did not know this was going to be an issue. But when I just start, when I started directing voiceovers and I was just calling in all my funny friends to do voiceover acting, I found out very quickly Uh, There's one thing that voiceover actors do that most people don't do. And it's, it's, uh, it's a reason that a lot of people can't just jump into voiceover acting. And here it is. You can't depend on your face to emote. So it has to be all in your voice. So all acting, but also articulation. You have to be completely understood only through your voice. So like everything, uh, all, all of the sadness uh, plus all of the consonants, that's the thing. Most people are funny, but they rely on people seeing them. So I was calling in my comic friends and they were just bombing these auditions because some of them are like kind of mush mouth on the microphone or they just don't know how to emote when they're not connecting with people with eye-to-eye contact. Uh, it, or they don't know how to show it in their voice as much as they thought they did. Uh, so that's like the number one thing that happens in a voiceover audition is if you want to do voiceover audition, it really pays to, to practice and then listen back to your voice. Because a lot of people think they can do voiceover work. They think they can do characters. Like a lot of people who are interested in voiceover are interested in like cartoons or video games. Uh, but those are not easy. In fact, they've got to be some of the hardest versions of voiceovers. Like to do 
I, to be a radio announcer is a difficult thing to do. Uh, but to be a radio announcer, to do to be as understood and precise as a radio announcer has to be, but also be doing some wacky character, that's really hard. Uh, so if you listen to just the audio of like a cartoon, it's actually quite dynamic. Or a well-made cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> there are some that are, are just crappy. Uh, so uh, so here's how a voiceover audition usually works. Now, I, I, we did talk a little bit about um, auditions that are film auditions. But for those auditions, you generally do want to memorize your script. But in the case of a voiceover audition, you usually don't have to memorize your script. In fact, they'll often be throwing things at you because they know that you can read and talk at the same time. Mm -hmm. All right. So how, how are we doing? You look like you're breaking up to me. Am I breaking up to you? Uh, it might be me. Let me see. No, you're fine. Let you look see. very blocky. Oh, dang. I'm out here Minecrafting. Oh, let me refresh it. Oh, there she goes, everybody. She's refreshing. I, I didn't know that meant that she would disappear, but, uh, but she did. Oh, I forgot to turn my lights on in the background, everybody. I was going to spruce everything up with some lights, and I forgot to turn them on. I'm but back. It happens. Is that better? She's back. Yep. Much better. Okay. All right. Uh, so they'll be throwing things at you, but you usually have an easel there, which you can put your script on and then read from. Uh, they often will record you while you're doing it. The best thing to do, and, and you also usually have on a pair of headphones so that you can hear your own voice back. So if you are smart and you, you practice the audition at home, you're going to know what's going to when your voice is going to sound the best. Okay, so if you've listened to yourself on headphones at home, you'll know when you're hitting that sweet spot when you're finally in a booth listening to yourself on headphones. That's what's really important. Not just practicing at home, but also listening to yourself back on headphones. And if you've got a microphone where you can listen to yourself back, even better, so you can recreate that situation in the audition the reason being is because exactly how you're hearing yourself when you're hearing yourself back on your headphones that's exactly what they hear when they play the recordings back later of your performance uh so that quality of your voice like for me i know like to position myself in different ways on a microphone to get a different feel i know like when something feels better like when i when i i, I know how to listen for when I'm hitting the sweet spot of a microphone so that I can hear more of the bass in my voice and then, or catching a, a, a greater dynamic range. If the microphone is like that, usually they'll have great microphones uh, when you're uh, auditioning, but sometimes they don't. But if you are used to recognizing your own voice in the headphones and then speaking and generating those tones, which sound really good or sound just right you can articulate and you can emote then you can nail a voiceover audition hmm. voiceover auditions often like if if especially if it's a character thing they will often give you adjustments and they'll see how you are uh on the fly like making adjustments and if you can do if you're a character voiceover person and, and you're and you can do several voices solidly uh that's great there's actually i there's actually um, 
a, a huge community of voiceover artists, cartoon artists who are online on YouTube and they make videos about their craft because they have nothing to do when they're just like hanging out. So they make a lot of videos about like how to do voiceovers. And one of them who is, I, I forgot what his name was, but um, I think it is, the, I think the title of the video might be how to make different quality character voices. When he basically, he teaches you the tricks that he uses to make very different uh, kinds of voices. So like where, where you'll do different things to your voice as a way to start and then you branch off from there to make a different kind of voice. Like it's the difference between like doing a super deep voice or or doing a voice that sounds like an old man. Like you start <laughs> off with a very different quality because like when I'm doing an old man voice, I'm I have this arid a part of my voice that I'm using that can either be an old man or maybe it's an evil wizard. Like you can, like by starting a certain way, then you can build off of that. Like, like and when I'm doing a very when I'm doing a very deep voice, I'm dropping my ability to enunciate way at the back of my throat so that at some point I can sound more like James Earl Jones. You are my son. <laughs> um, so I don't know all those tricks, but oh that guy online, he does. And so search for him how to make different qualities to your voice. And he teaches oh you God. all the tricks of things. And, and actually follow him because he really teaches everything you'd ever want to know about doing voiceover and voiceover audition. It's, it's great. There are so many uh, specific things that are part of a professional voiceover artist that you wouldn't even think about. Like I, well, until I saw his video, I didn't know. I didn't know like the way that they build their voices. Like they start with a falsetto and then once they get falsetto, they can do falsetto and raspy or falsetto with an accent or falsetto with, with a different quality layered on top. They think about all that stuff and it's something that you want to learn if you really actually want to be a professional at voiceover work. Uh, and so uh, I think that's everything I can tell you about being on that side of a of a audition like and when i would listen back to people's voiceovers uh it would really be all about just like can they nail it are they understandable uh and sometimes it would be about like whether or not it was fun depending on what the character was like uh yeah and so voiceover work is actually a blast i wish i was doing more of it right now but i just haven't had time to like really pursue it anymore can we do the rest of the episode in weird voices? Um, I mean, <laughs> you, are you going to do one? A weird voice? You have a weird voice that you want to do? do? I can do Stitch. Which let's, is, hear your, let's hear your Stitch voice. It's the sound of meat rot from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's the sound See, voice. now here's the problem. You're doing a Stitch voice, but you're not <laughs> acting like Stitch. Yeah. That's oh, the problem. Oh, so, that, uh, so if I... But if I <laughs> was if this. I was auditioning you, that would be the problem. I'd be like, "Oh, she's got a good voice, but she's not like hitting that." Yeah, the ah, 
Like that's the whole. <laughs> well, I didn't yeah, want to do it. Thing. I know. See, but that's but that's part of it. You got to be able to just thing. like let go and just do it. Boom. Like that's what it's that's what it's you. about. Like you have to do that because if you're not gonna do that in the booth, nobody's gonna hire you. Um, recently, you. somebody asked me about um, asked me about working on a script, and they said that they wanted to give somebody a pilot script but they didn't have the pilot script completely written out correctly. And they expected that the person who they would give it to would like their story and trust them to write it out correctly. No, if you can't come a hundred percent at your audition or your pitch or your first chance, people are not going to think that you'll be a hundred percent later on. God, you have to come a hundred percent. Yeah. I want me to do it all the way. No, I'm not going to do it all the way right now, but yes, for my audition, See, that's the problem. you should be ready to. Yeah, you should. You should be ready to. Because I'm thinking of the audio version and I didn't want to yell into the mic. <laughs> I just totally yelled into the mic. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I got I'm just you. saying, I'm just saying you, you got to commit. That's what you want to do it 100%. Got to right. commit. Wait, somebody said they're auditioning. Please say, I, I, I definitely think I need to hold an audition for the film I've written if I want to get this done. Oh, well, great, uh, because what we're going to talk about next is auditioning for film, because I've also done that, too. Um, and so I don't know how big your budget is, but I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, films with a budget and films with no budget. Okay, so films films with no budget. This is how I control the audition if uh, you, I have no money. What I will usually do is I will ask people to... Uh, put themselves on tape. Here's the thing. The reason that I'm going to ask people to put themselves on tape is twofold. Um, one, they, the, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. One, you get to look through people and then you can call people in for auditions who at least have a spark of something good and see if they can nail it in an in-person audition. Uh, that's one reason. But the second reason is that people who aren't willing to put themselves on tape or do that part, they're not going to be professional. That will come back at you. Hmm. You could have somebody who is just uh, comes into your audition because they've got a giant ego. They think they're an actor or an actress that everybody should want. But then they... And and then maybe they're just like fun or funny or perfect for the character. And you're like, this person should be in my movie. When you have no budget, you'll do that. You'll cast people like off of one audition sometimes because you don't have the budget sometimes to put on many auditions. But that person then, if you didn't put them through that extra step of putting themselves on tape, you don't know how professional they are. Because if you're working with a low budget, people have to really want to be part of your project. And sometimes they will have to they will have to suck up and just do stuff for the show uh you don't want somebody who's just going to bail on you now i'm not saying that when you're working on a little bit on a low budget project you should expect that everybody pledge their allegiance to you and you can do anything you want for your film and it's the most important thing no you have to always treat people well as best you can always uh and you can't be jerks to people but um, but if you are a great filmmaker and you're really good to people and you have a low budget, but you're dealing with somebody who's not professional on set or not, or, or at least 
not willing to learn how to be professional on set, then that's going to be a detriment to your pro project. So I learned that an easy way to weed people out is rather than have people audition first, ask them to put themselves on tape. People who are really um, passionate about acting will figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, then what I usually do is I will end up renting a rehearsal room for an audition. You can rent a rehearsal room like a place where people might practice singing or tap dancing. There are, re you would have to search for rehearsal studios in your area. Uh, if, if you have, I think it's usually going to be like between 10 to $20 an hour to rent a place. You should rent a place for at least four hours. People are going to be late. You're going to have to space out. Sometimes you want to spend extra time with an actor if something is particularly right. So I would say you'd want to rent out a place for at least four hours. You don't have to be in a rehearsal studio, but typically you probably don't want to do your house. I'll tell you why you don't want to do your house. Uh, well, there's only one case you you should do. You can do it the audition in your house if you know everybody personally. If you don't know everybody personally, uh, let me tell you, first of all, uh, women do not want to come to your house to audition. I don't care if you're a woman or a man or whatever. Women do not want to go to your house for an audition. Also, no hotels. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> no, no houses. No hotels. Uh, so if you don't have the money to do a rehearsal space, I would very much suggest that you talk to a community center. Uh, you talk to a friend who has a access to an office space, anything that is a professional environment uh, so that your actors whom you may not know feel safe. You want them, if they don't feel safe, either they're not going to show up or they're not going to give you a good audition. So you want people to feel as safe. And a lot of people don't talk about this when, especially when you're working in low budget, people want to know that they're not wasting their time. They also want to know that they feel safe. So it is to your benefit, if you have a low budget, to come prepared and make people feel as safe as possible uh, so, that, so that they commit to your project. Um, I don't actually, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that out loud about how to audition people or anything like that. Like make people feel safe. That's a big part of it, because people do consider that. All right. So uh, then, uh, when you after you've had people uh, put their stuff on tape, then you set up an audition, perhaps at a community center. Library conference room is a great example. I think that libraries actually might not let people audition because of. Uh, people have done it before and not treated the libraries very well. So you uh, should just double check. But but yeah, a library conference room is a really great choice. Um, and then, um, where were we? Oh, I'm sorry. So once you have people put themselves on tape, then you'll usually have them come to a place to audition. I try to run my auditions as much like a professional audition if I have no budget as much as I can, which means that usually I'll get a friend to greet people, to give them sides, and treat them like I, they would at any other any other audition. To also, that friend can let people in the room one at a time. It's totally fine if you let. Also, 
by the way, if you do something like that, like if you're a man, hire a woman to make all the women feel safer. And if you're a if you're a woman, hire a man so that you're safer. Uh, and and I know that everybody, all genders are equal. But if you're a woman, hire a man. If you're a man, hire a woman. Okay. Anyway, so just just make it easy for everybody to audition for you. Yes. Uh, and then when people come in, uh, it's okay to have a camera set up. Uh, I would have a mark set on the floor, just like we talked about uh, in an earlier episode. And then you can have people audition and speak tr straight to the camera. If you're the only person auditioning them and you're the reader, like you're reading across from them and they're not doing a monologue, it's totally fine to be the reader and tell them to speak directly to the camera because then later on when you watch their audition, you're going to want to see like how they express themselves to the camera. It's also a good idea. Maybe if you're the, if you're the reader to put the camera screen in front of you, have them speak directly to the camera and then like get yourself a chance to glance up when they're speaking longer lines so that you can see as much of their performance as possible. If you don't have a reader for yourself, don't cast people off of their audition uh, until you've viewed the tape again. Please trust me on this. I've made that mistake. Oh no! If you're alone, you got to watch it back before you make your decision. <laughs> if you have somebody there to help you and to be a reader, uh, then you can also go by your gut more often. But if you, but I still suggest that you watch everything back before you make your final decisions. Um, then once you've done your audition, sometimes it's a good idea to do a callback so that you can let people live in those characters more. I would suggest doing a callback. When you're working with a low budget, you're not gonna wanna do a callback. You're gonna wanna you're gonna want to say you've got the part and then you wanna be past that part because it's a lot of work when you're working on a low budget film. But if you can, please do a callback. You'll be very happy call back multiple people for the same role and see who works best have people work off of other partners and see if that works best you're gonna want to really get a chance to see people live in these characters before you make your final decision in fact i would say that i would say that you want to you of overall about making your film from beginning to end this should be one of those things that's just like one of those sections that you know is going to take as much time as other parts of the film casting be sure get somebody who really works as a character get somebody who believes in your film uh spend take your time uh casting once you're done casting if you're a low budget filmmaker what you're going to have to deal with is the uh screen actors guild if the person is in the guild if you are have a no budget film you can cast people who are in the screen actors guild if your film is below a certain budget they even allow you to pay them as low as like 30 35 dollars um a day if you can do that you should like if you're trying to make a film to get to a festival or something you should get someone who has committed themselves to acting so that's a much better idea than just grabbing somebody who's kind of interacting if you actually want your film to be something at the end of it i think i think i i mean i could go on about this but i think that we are rounding the bend 
on uh, this episode of the podcast. But before we do, if you do have any questions, you can put them in the comments right now and we'll answer the questions as we are uh, winding this down. All right. How about I that? A lot. You did? Yeah. Oh, good. That's what we're here for. All right. Snow questions, cool. All right. So uh, remember, you can follow us at artsacademypodcast.com and Arts Academy Podcast on all social media. We are the New York Alt Arts Academy. I am Dean Victor Varnado. This is Deputy Headmistress Roxy Hayes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you again. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.